she's on the inside. She got the scoop on the ones to watch, on the ones that's hot. No one can do it quite like Caroline. Caroline. No one can do it quite like Caroline. It's time for Caroline. Hey, y'all. Welcome to Hyper Caroline Hobby. I am your host, Caroline Hobby. I know music, I know people, and I know the questions you want to ask. So let's get hyper. Heads up, these are adults having adult conversations, so there could be adult content. So I'm pretty excited. I have Chuck Wicks in the house. What? What? You probably recognize his voice from every morning when you're listening to the radio to Ty, Chuck, and Kelly. Chuck is the Chuck of Ty, Chuck, and Chuck. Oh my gosh, say that three times fast. Ty, Chuck, and Kelly. And he's joining me. He also had a huge hit, Stealing Cinderella, when he launched into country music a few years ago. We talk all about his journey with country music, to Dancing with the Stars, to radio. It's all happening right now. Here's Chuck Wicks. Hey, Chuck Wicks. (laughs) What's up? I've been trying to get you on my podcast now for, I think, a solid year. I've been waiting patiently. You have figured out really polite ways to blow me off on a regular basis. I'm busy. (laughs) Yeah, I got to go to the bathroom several times a day. I I comb my hair. I brush my teeth. To find time time between all that (laughs) is a lot. You know I love you. I just wanted to wait until, you know... I got my own studio. Yes. Okay. And better lighting. And And now I don't like it because clearly we're in HD. And I just, I didn't wear any makeup today. I'm you so didn't sorry. put on any makeup? I'm so sorry for all the people at home. Well, I think you're looking great. Thank you. Yeah. I, was, I was fishing. I was fishing. Yeah. You're not shiny or anything. You just look great. The coloring's nice. Thank you. I wear keel. I do keels. You do? Yeah. You got to get Michael keels. He actually. Go serum first. Do you, okay, so this is your routine. What's your beauty care routine? This is serious stuff, guys. Serum. Got some guys in the behind the cameras right now. You got to do the serum. Serum. Then you go, uh. Age Defender, right here. <laughs> under the eyeball? Under, under the eyes and around here. And then you go, you know, your, your standard lotion. Do you do this every day? Twice a day. I just Morning started, and night? Just started about two months ago. Have you noticed a difference? You don't seem like there's any wrinkles in your face. I thank you so much. Wait yeah. till I laugh and smile, though, then you will see them. Those are laugh lines, though. Yeah. I've, I've, I look back now. I feel like I'm really old now, like I'm talking like How old, old are you? 38. Oh my God, you're about to be 40. I just walk around. <laughs> That's why Kim Kardashian never smiles. I'm telling you, because the lines. People well, don't. And there's girls that are in their 20s, 21, 22, that are doing Botox now. Right. They say to prevent. It's preventative. Yeah, that's what I'm doing. I'm, I'm a little late to the party, but guys should be. Guys should be about 10 years later. I haven't, I haven't gone Botox. I don't think I'll ever go Botox route. I don't love guys with Botox. Even though I know your image How is do you your know? thing. How do you know they got Botox? Because you can kind of tell, because it's the sidelines. Like when guys get, here's what, here's what goes away when you get Botox. You okay. have no lines on the side and your forehead is frozen. And once you know that, you can see it. Like, see, look, I'm so excited. I'm not really raising my eyes. Can you tell? So you do Botox? Yeah, I've done Botox forever. How long have you been doing Botox? Since, oh, see, I started a little younger. You know Taylor Lynn, my former bandmate? Yeah. She was seven years older than me, so she got me started when I was 26. That's why you can't hang around with older chicks. I know, because they get you into all their stuff. Yep, and then you start talking older. Acting older. Acting older. Mm-hmm. Doing older things. Right. Again, Botox. Next thing you know, you're in a wheelchair. Right. And you're 35. God. And you got a walker with two little tennis balls in the front. So what's the moral of this story? Don't do Botox unless you absolutely have to. <laughs> or go to Kiehl's. I'm not sponsored by Kiehl's, but I should you be. You should be. I should be, because that's it's expensive. Can I cuss on your podcast? Yes. Shit is expensive. That shit is expensive. I know. Sorry, I had to get that out of my mouth. First cuss word, I win. Yeah, yeah. Wasn't a bad one, though. No. Pretty good. Do you like to cuss? I love to cuss. What's your favorite cuss word? Oh, geez. Um, probably, I mean, I want to be, I want to be a somewhat sophisticated up here. The F word <laughs> is my favorite one. I'll go for that one. Happy or sad or mad. Right. It's fitting for everything. Yes. I know. Prefer it happy. <laughs> if you say it when you're happy, you're having a good time. <laughs> Somewhat. Depends. Okay, so can I ask you a few rapid fire questions? Those weren't rapid fire. No, right, believe it or not, that All was right. just combo. Let's go. What energizes you? Uh, Monster energy drink. Oh, you throw those back? As healthy as you are, you drink I've that shit? I've had three today. You're like training for an Ironman, right? I know. Well, yeah, October 22nd. You've already done one before? 
Yes, I did one in Hanu, Hawaii last year. What goes on with that? Swim, bike, run. Do you have just like a ton of energy to put places? Because that is a cr that's almost crazy that you're doing that again for the second time, right? I f yeah. I mean, it's uh, it's a lot of training. How did you get this bug to do that? My buddy was uh, I went to college with because I played baseball in college, so I was I missed that competitive edge. So I wanted I wanted something more. I wanted something to drive me and okay. something to like a real physical challenge. Yeah, I wanted something to make me go because I've never been a meathead. Like I don't want to go to the gym just to look good on the beach. I want to go to the gym and be healthy for a for a lifestyle change, right. right? Right. So, but I also wanted to have a competitive edge to it. So I wanted to I jumped into triathlons because my buddy did from college. He did sprint triathlons. So of course, oh, I said, awful. well, I got to go a step further and say, oh, I'll just do Ironmans. Because that's like the highest you can get in triathlon. Yeah, Ironman is, there's a full and a half Ironman. I do a lot of half Ironmans. Full Ironmans are, they're tough on your body. How I, many have you done? This will be my, in October will be my fourth, third. Full Ironman? No, I'm doing halves. Halves, okay, I so to, what I have to tell everybody that because I made the mistake and just said, oh yeah, I'm doing the Ironman in Hanu. <laughs> And they're like, and so of course people that do the Ironmans are like, dude, that's only the half Ironman. Oh, so you Very had like serious. haters getting on there. So tell me what happens in the half Ironman. What it's does that look like? It's half the distance of the full Ironman. But I don't know what the full distance so is. So 1.2 mile swim, this half Ironman, okay. 1.2 mile swim, 56 mile bike, that's what I want to get you. And then the half, half marathon. So 13.1. Yeah. All in succession, so. Do you it, have a favorite one that you like out of running, the, swimming, the or biking? Uh, the very end, as soon as, and then I get a beer. I was gonna say, what do you do when you finish? I give him a little medal, and then I grab a beer. Do you let yourself walk, or do you let yourself take breaks, or is it like important to you that you just do the whole thing? No, you go for it. You go for it. You gotta go for it. Wow, that's a lot of drive you got there. Yeah, that's exciting. That is exciting. Okay, so Would that's you ever do that? Would you ever do an Ironman? I did a half marathon. Once. That counts. Did have marathon and I have done a train for amazing race twice. So I think I could do it, but I don't well, have the desire to do it. Amazing race is more of a game though. That's okay. not like you're You say so, but you have no idea how exhausting amazing race I is. I saw clips of you on Amazing Race. And I was like, oh, and that you, seems Oh, you thought you thought it was just easy? It looks like Jennifer's holding up most of the weight <laughs> on this one. <laughs> she and I we had a lot of fun. Did you win? We lost by four seconds. And you were on it twice? Mm -hmm. Both times? So you lost by both times? We both? got fourth place the first time and we got second place the second time. We lost by four seconds the second time. That's crazy. It's awful. Did you, were you the slow one? No, I was the man of the relationship. I like, Jen was my damsel. I used to tell her all the time. I was like, you're my bride. I'm taking care of you because Jen is so smart in her head. She's good at figuring things out, but she like physically she would love to be cruising in a train with a glass of wine while the people are doing the running activities, you know? Jennifer Wayne is who we're talking about. Yes, my former bandmate. Is a fast walker, <laughs> but a slow runner. How do you know this? I, you just have to kind of look at her for about 10 seconds and figure it out. Like she so can walk <laughs> very fast. Running, I don't see her running very fast. How did you even know to have that thought? I don't know. <laughs> is that what you think about when you see people? It's like, I wonder, you like pin them on their walking running speed? No, it's just this is this is <laughs> instance right now. I was like, she's a fast. I figured her out. <laughs> so we should call her and tell her. She's probably been wondering her whole life. Jen, <laughs> do you feel like running? No, just walk really fast over here. All right, we'll wait. <laughs> you crazy? Okay, that. what exhausts you? Um, oh man, I'm, I'm very impatient. Okay. So, um, I get impatient a lot and I just want to move on from from whatever is happening like what do you normally get impatient about uh waiting just waiting around for anything is it normally be. career focused or is it just all aspects of life no I I got I gave up on on the putting time into the career part a long time ago I just said I just figured it it's, if it's going to happen it's going to happen when do you reach that point because you have such a colorful career which I think is so exciting because you moved to town from Potato Farm to yeah. be a singer. And now you're still a singer, obviously, but you're also hosting a morning show, one of the biggest ones in the nation. You're training for Ironman. And yeah. well, I guess you just do morning show and sing. Um, there, do you have any other jobs I don't know about? 
I don't have any time for. Well, I mean, yeah. I would, I would love to. I've written, you know, I've read some scripts for movies and stuff like that. You'd be a great actor. You have the face for an acting and the personality. You'd be funny. That would really screw people up. Why? Man, that guy's got a face for it. Nope. Because you know you get in a radio. And <laughs> Is it you got a face for radio? Face for radio, and it's like. Hmm? That's so rude when people say face for radio. I know. Right. I think the, uh, it, that's a changed, joke. though, a right. lot. There's a lot of good-looking people on radio. There is. Yeah. You're in radio. Uh, kind of. Does this count? Yeah, sort of. This counts. Mm-hmm. I would count it. So, but you started off. I got away from the question. What the, was the question original? is, is what I think is so cool about someone like you is you're a perfect example of how you moved to town to be a singer. You're obviously a singer. You've had great success with that. But now you just got this opportunity through singing. It opened the door to becoming a great huge radio host for a morning show. So I think that is so crazy how to evolve. It is crazy. Uh, it's scary. The music business oh, in general. Oh, oh, I know what it was. What? You said you gave up worrying about career. So when oh, okay. did that happen? Uh, well, through I remember through my first single, which was called Stealing Cinderella. Which my dad still pulls over to the side of the road and has to cry. Really? He has two daughters. It's the one song in all of country music, and I'm not just saying this. I've told you before. It hits him so hard he can't handle it. That's awesome. You know what's funny about that song is when I first started touring around it, a lot of people because they didn't know, uh, you know, they couldn't. They heard it on the radio, but they didn't know what the guy looked like that was singing it. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people thought I was an older dude, like an older man. Really? Because it's it's such a. I've evolved a lot since that first record, um, vocally where I wanted to be, and that song in particular is more of a very traditional older sounding song yeah so it was interesting because i remember people coming man i thought you'd be a lot older than i you just you just a young pup there (laughs) how do you know we're talking about cinderella man you don't got no kids was that written about someone in particular uh well i was uh i wrote that i was dating a girl um that played cinderella at walt disney world so it kind of was inspired by her job yeah, and then the guys you I really wrote, were stealing Cinderella. Well, I never did. We never well, you did never get engaged married. or right. anything. But um, the idea stemmed from that, and the two guys that I wrote it with, Rivers Rutherford and George Taran, they are awesome writers. Um, I actually I like handpicked these guys to do it with because I knew they'd be perfect for the story because they wrote "When I Get Where I'm Going" for Brad Paisley. I'm like, oh, these guys are true storytellers. So grabbed them, told them the story, and they and they have daughters. So oh, that's where it all it kind of perfect. Yeah, they all mixed it in. That there song nice. gets all the heartstrings. Yeah, it's cool. It's cool to see. I get a lot of. It was a big wedding song, so yeah. it's, it's cool to hear that. So how did your music career? It kept evolving, and then how did this radio thing pop in? And when did you surrender worrying about it? So many questions. I know. I like to give them all there, and then you answer at your own pace. Um, it's interesting. I moved to town. Well, I grew up on a farm, potato farm. Potato farm. farm. Do you love fries? I do love fries. I love fries. I asked my dad when I was 12 years old, and I was dead serious, and I thought he was going to be like, no. And I got so excited because he says, I asked him, I go, do we supply the French fries? I was 12. (laughs) Do we supply the French fries for all the McDonald's? (laughs) He goes, actually, yes. He goes, in the tri-state area, we are Delaware, Pennsylvania, New Jersey, that area, Maryland, New York. We supplied a lot of the McDonald's with potatoes for their French fries. Oh my God! So that was like the really that was a big cool factor. It's a major me. claim to fame. Yeah, well. I mean, I walked around the halls of high school. I'm like, you, you guys like get McDonald's fries? after this? You're welcome. <laughs> you know? Oh, you want a large fry? You're welcome. Yeah. Yeah. Grew those. Um, and then we had to sell the farm. It's okay. depressing. That um, is depressing. Yeah. The, was it sad? Why'd you have to sell the farm? We weren't making any money. McDonald's so, stopped. They grew their own potatoes. Not enough potatoes. Okay. So we grew other stuff. We were we did barley, corn. We were grain farmers. Okay. Officially, we would be called grain farmers, but concentrated in potatoes. Long story short, went to Florida to play baseball. That was my original dream. Okay. So you're a baseball player. Yep. That's what I wanted to do. What you? What position? First base. That's a tricky. That's an important job on the field. That's what I kept telling Coach. Yeah, because in first he base. He didn't believe me, so he sat me on the bench what an <laughs> in college. He was kind of no. He was a, he was a great coach. So by my junior year, I said, well, I'm not going to get drafted. I don't want to transfer to try to get drafted through another program. So that's when I picked up the guitar. Did you know you could sing? 
Uh, I just, at that point, it was just singing for friends. Because you actually have a very unique, great voice. So the fact that you kind of found this later at life is crazy, that it wasn't like your first pursuit, because it's really good. Yeah. Is that a compliment? That's a compliment. When, when somebody says you actually, man, Chuck. Well, the fact that you actually found it later <laughs> in life. I thought you were going to suck, but you do have a pretty good voice. The fact that you've discovered this very large talent that you had later on in life yes. and didn't start pursuing it at a young age is crazy because it's a really yes. great voice. Because you know? thank you. Because most. Did that? Did you? Did you pick up what I'm putting down? I picked it you up. You got it. And keep it. Keep it. Tuck it in your heart. Put it up in here. Put it right up in there. Okay. Um. Thank you. I I, sur I surprised my mom and dad too. I remember when I told them I was moving to Nashville to go get a record deal. <laughs> what did they say? They go, you sing. Yeah. Like they had no idea. And See, I was like, yes. Yeah. So they made me sing to them well, in the kitchen. Well, they, your parents need to know how you sound if you're moving to Nashville well, to get a I, record deal. I quit college to do it. I, I quit college How did you get too? so confident in your newfound talent that you just knew you were going to get a record deal so fast? That's well, amazing. Well, I stopped. I went. I started going part-time. I was like, you know, my senior year, I'm going to go part-time so I can travel back and forth to Nashville. Did it click? Okay. When was the moment that you're like singing, this is it, and I'm going to get a record deal? Um, probably there was a girl on the soccer team at my college. She had asked me to come meet her. She wanted to be in a pop group. This because I went to school in Florida, so this was right around Orlando, which is when NSYNC, Backstreet Boys, okay. all those guys are exploding. And so she was in a, the pop world. So I meet this guy. It was ironically Transcontinental Records with uh, the guy that's in jail, but now he's passed away. Um, huh. I don't know. He managed NSYNC for a long time. Was okay. with them. Okay. Um, the name will come back to me probably after this interview is done. <laughs> And uh, just look up Transcon Records and you'll see the guy pop up. Okay. And uh, I, met, I saw that guy and I was like, holy cow, you know, it's larger in life figure because he was such a, around these huge acts. And, and I was like, man, this is cool. It's a pretty cool lifestyle. I can do this, especially being a kid in college. And But I always knew I wanted to do country music. So You did, okay. Yeah, so I had asked her manager that she was working with. I was like, I need to talk to somebody in the country world. So I ended up doing that, and uh, that person was like, let's go back and forth to Nashville. And, you know, just while I was doing part-time college and coming, as soon as I came to Nashville, that's when I knew. So did you know you were going to get a record deal? Like, that was the only op option? No, I, you know, I had, like, um, in college, I, I remember asking specifically one of my vocal coaches because I wanted to learn the proper way to sing and breathing techniques and stuff. Yeah. I was like, do you think I'm good enough? Do you think I can get a record deal? He's like, no doubt you're going to get he, The guy was like, no doubt you're going to get a record deal. Really? So he was so confident saying that. I'm like, oh. That you, like, believed him. I was like, okay, cool. So how'd you go about getting it? Uh, met the right people at RCA Records. Um, made a horrible demo tape. I did a Brian McKnight song. Which one? Uh, one Last Cry. And then I did uh, Andy Grigg song. Because in Which my one? mind, it was a, actually an old uh, Waylon Jennings song that he Andy did. Griggs. Um, okay, anyway. I can't think. I so you did think. Andy Riggs and... Because I wanted to do something really country and really R&B pop. You want to show your versatility? Yes. Versati is that the word? Yeah. Yeah. Versatile. you're versatile. Okay. Versatile. Yeah. And um, I knew nothing. I had these horrible pictures. I made a stupid little folder with a picture on the top of it, and you open it up, and the CD's in there, and the same pictures on the CD cover. <laughs> it's like... Uh, so, but you were doing it. You're giving it your all. Yeah, but it worked because uh, I gave it to the A&R guy, who now is my one of my best friends, Who? Jim Jim Catino. Oh, nice. So he saw it and he goes, "Hey, man, I, I'm gonna listen to this. Uh, on I gotta go to a sound check for it was during the CMA Fest. So in the middle of June, I'm flying up and back and forth. He goes, I'm listening to some noise. Oh, who are you gonna do listen to sound check? He goes, Oh, Kenny Chesney. I'm like, so I thought it was super cool because this guy. Uh, is going to go listen to my music on the way to go listen to Kenny Chesney's soundcheck. Isn't it crazy what sticks in your mind? Yeah. Like, you're like, I'm in cahoots with people who are doing this. Yeah. So he, fl so I had to fly back the next day, and uh, Jim calls me and says, hey, man, will you come in? And I didn't play guitar yet. Because so, you had a t so you're, uh, this is incredible. This is amazing. You literally got the drive to do it and just made it happen. Late bloomer. Hey, it doesn't matter. Better late than never, because here, you bloomed. You're blooming. Right? Late bloomer. Yeah. 
Uh, so he goes, will you come in and sing? Uh, just sing. I was like, well, I don't, have, I don't have a guitar player. I don't play guitar. Just come in and sing a cappella. He goes, like, I think I heard something on the, the tape you gave me that I really liked. I came in and sang a cappella. That's when it all started happening. Did you kind of get signed right then? Well, he said, I want to sign you to a development deal. Okay. And I hooked him up with Monty Powell, great producer. And then, you know, that then Monty Powell introduced me to Dan Huff, and then Dan Huff and Monty Powell. So Dan produced you? Did the first my first record okay. on RCA. So as soon as I got the development deal. So you kind of like moved to town and got a deal right away. I didn't move to town until I got the development deal. That's kind of the dream that never really happens. Like it really happened. But then it came to a screeching halt. <laughs> What? So I get what? the development deal. I'm like, Mom and Dad, I'm moving up. I finally got something going where I feel good. I'm secure enough to go up there, make the big move. I move up. Like two weeks later after I move up, I get dropped from the development deal. That so sucks. I had to sit. I, instead of going to other, I, I figured if RCA Were you devastated? Records, I was, yeah. I mean, I wasn't devastated, but I was like, okay, this is just a bump in the road. Okay, great. You know, so you're ready to keep moving. Keep on going. I'm still, I mean, it's just, just Why did just you get beginning. dropped two weeks after you signed? Well, no, I, I signed the development deal. I, I moved up there, turned all the stuff in that they wanted to see. We're waiting to hear back from them. I'm up there. I'm ready to make the record. They said, oh, we're not going to pick it up. And it just happened to be once I got up there, like two weeks. I have a do my dog's hair. There, I got it. <laughs> Which I love that your dogs are in doggy fat camp. Your poor we'll talk one. Let's, let me finish this okay. story first because okay. i I got to get this out of my system. <laughs> so I... I the doggy, and my dogs are so fat. You got these beautiful, like, princess dogs that are so gorgeous. I Cavalier, love them. King Charles. Spaniels. I know. They're I think amazing. it's awesome. They're cute. cute. <laughs> they watch TV. I'll put this on. They can watch. Anyway, so get up here. So in, since RCA had passed on me okay. after the development deal, right? I said, I'm not going to go to any other label in town. I'm not going to, like, basically blow my wad on everybody else. <laughs> <laughs> And ruin it. Is that a poor choice of words? No, that's perfect. I think it's exactly what it is. So, first impression, I wanted to save right. it. Right. So, I, I saved it for four years. So, what did you do in those I four just, years? I just concentrated on song on songwriting. And that's where I really kind of developed who I was as an artist. Okay. And, and who did you discover yourself to be in those four years? Well, now it's easy to look back and say, Chuck Wicks, you know, myself. I mean... Uh, I wasn't trying to be anybody else but myself. Okay. Uh, I wrote about things that I believed in and that I grew up doing and, um, you know, things that I wanted to talk about or sing about. And, you know, I learned the craft of songwriting through one of the best guys, Monty Powell. He took me under his wing. And then I got to write because of that development deal. And you know this, when you have a record deal in town, you get a lot more opportunities with great songwriters. Absolutely. So I took all that in and, and took advantage of it, kept the relationships, wrote with those guys through four years. And through that, I was valeting cars. Like I really, I kind of, I really paid my dues for four years, went straight back to RCA when I felt like I had something. And then they signed me on the spot. Why do you think it took four years for you to get it all organized to where you liked it? It just takes time. It just didn't feel like the right time. But did you know when you were ready? Uh, I knew there there was something that just clicked. You know, there's a certain sound that just clicked. And even from that, from then, my sound has changed. But at that moment, there was something that clicked that was like, okay, I'm, I want to go back and get in front of people. And then you come out. Stealing Cinderella is your first debut single, right? Yeah. And yeah. it's a monster. I mean, that song was a huge hit. Yeah, it was... Uh, uh, it was the most added song by a male debut in that whole year or something. I don't know. It, there was a lot of cool things that happened with that song. And um, What was that ride like? Fast. It was? Yeah, because I actually started at the same time what, that I was on radio tour, I got asked to do um, a reality show called Nashville. Oh, yes. With and, Matt Jenkins and yes. Sarah Davidson Jamie and Rachel Johnson. Bradshaw. So I, I was trying to date Matt Jenkins at that time, and I had, like, one scene on that show. Oh, you made it. Yeah. Did you make it in the first two episodes? No, I didn't. Because then you didn't make it. <laughs> we filmed ten episodes for this thing all summer long. So I would, Monday through Friday, I'm gone nonstop. Did you like filming it? What was your character? Me. I was, the, I was myself. So well, What's the plot? Well, I was the guy that had the deal, the okay. record deal. Okay. I was on RCA, and okay. I was getting my first single out there okay and the other guys and like some of the girls on the show were trying to get the record deal okay another guy was like the playboy of the whole group 
and then Matt was like the songwriter guy that was trying to get the record deal. But okay. Jamie Johnson, I think, had the record deal. Right, right, right. So um, it was interesting. I thought it was cool because I was like, oh, TV can help, you know, help me totally. get this first record off the ground. And um, really all it ended up, ended up doing was making me really tired and <laughs> lose a bunch of weight. But because um, I just never had time to eat. I mean, that's Filming? how busy I was. Yeah. Yeah. I would, Monday through Friday, I was on the, on the road early mornings to late nights. Doing a radio tour. Radio tour, making it happen. As soon as I come home, I film on the weekends, go right back out on Monday. So you are just killing it out there. So nonstop, but I loved it. Like, uh, that's that's what I wanted. You I like mean, to be super busy doing things you're passionate about. Yeah, that's yeah. what I wanted. So that really um, got things going, you know. So I got out on tour with Brad Paisley because of that for like 70 shows. Wow. And then that... Because you know. of Nashville or because of your no, single? No, because of the Stealing because Cinderella. Because of Stealing Cinderella, yeah, yeah. Um, and then I went on to have another hit with a song called All I Ever Want, Wanted. And then after that, uh, next thing you know, I got invited to do Dance with the Stars. And how was that? Awesome. Are you a dancer? No. Because you were dating Julianne Huff at the time, right? Right. And y'all were partners. Yes. Was that, is it hard to date your partner? No, I'd made it easier because you could really you're be familiar. honest with each other. Yeah, you're familiar with the person yeah. you're dancing with, so you know. What was that experience like? That has to be grueling. It's a lot of work. The most, the most surprising thing for me during that process was, um, this is going to sound weird, but the depth perception of when you train in a studio and you're dancing in a studio like maybe this size. Okay. You see the, like if you're doing a turn or something like that, you see the walls at a certain depth. You see the walls, they're closer. When we got into, on set, it's a huge room. Right. And so when you're spinning around, all of a sudden it's a lot bigger and you have to really kind of gauge oh, wow. kind of where you are in the room. Interesting. Almost like if you've ever played basketball. I was really good. You what? I was really good at basketball. You, really? Yeah. All right, so if you play basketball in a tiny gym. Okay. But then you go play in... Like an arena. Maybe not even an arena, but maybe like a bigger example would be like the Final Four when it's in a stadium. Okay. Imagine how weird it might look yeah. to see things at a different Interesting. I would scope. have never thought of that. I didn't think about it, but it actually affected me the first week. It did? First week. Keeping every so what was your highest high of that and your lowest low of Dancing with the Star? I was actually excited to get kicked off. You were? Why? Because the next week was going to be two dances per week. I was struggling enough with one. So, but I, because I had made it far enough. Like you were proud of your performance? Yeah, I was satisfied. How far did you get? I got, I only missed, I think there was nine or ten total weeks and I only missed one week of. Oh, wow. Yeah. So you made it to the end, kind of. I fifth place, I think. I did pretty well. Yeah. Yeah. Way to go. I was just happy I beat Steve Wozniak. I don't know who that is. He's the co-founder of Apple. Oh, wow. He was one of the did he, did worst dancers, but he was awesome. Huh? Are y'all friends? Yeah. I, yeah. That's the cool thing about that show. Probably the best thing about that show is that everybody on that show, unless you're a total ass. Right. You're going to be friends with those people. Really? And Sean Johnson was on there. We were just talking about her before. Yeah. Sean Johnson. Living in Nashville. The one, she won my season. Yep. Um, she was one of my best friends here in town. and. You know, it's that's pretty cool to have a friend like that that you can take away from that. That's awesome. Yeah. So after Dancing with the Stars, you come back in Nashville. Yep. What's going on then? I was in the middle of my third single at the time. I okay. got to the 20s on the chart, and I remember I was so disappointed because my label, uh, as soon as I got off the the show, my label pulled the song. But you're like, I have all this momentum and all yeah, these they, people's eyeballs were just on me. They stopped working it, so. But doesn't that feel like the wrong time to stop working the single? Probably was the wrong time. Sometimes so, I don't understand decisions, but I guess I'm not a label president. But, okay. but yeah, so, you know, everybody's got their reasons and. Were you we, so bummed? Oh, of course, Because yeah. you're like, dude, I'm like on a huge show and I have a single on the radio. Why would you pull, what, yeah, okay. So they pulled it and um, we went on and decided to uh, make another record and we put out two singles with them and got to the 40s on the chart and then we ended up parting ways. So it, the ride for me was really fast and very high at certain points. And then, you know, when you lose a record deal, y you kind of go like, oh shit. You yeah. Know, now what? 
what what do you do next? Well, I was I was still touring off the success that I've that I had, so I felt I still felt like I was doing something. Mm -hmm. um, so I didn't feel like I was just in no man's land. Um, so I went out and try and was trying to get another deal and had a lot of close calls with some some great labels and never connected. And I think that was all about timing. But then through that process is when I got asked to. Uh, do the morning show that I'm a part of now, which is called Ty Kelly and Chuck. I'm um, going into my fifth year of doing this morning show, and you know, I, I it was a great opportunity. It was the right timing for me because, you know, I I was able to step back and say, well, you know, I don't have a record deal right now. Um, I'm just kind of songwriting and touring mm -hmm. off the success that I've had in the past. Maybe this is my spot. Maybe this is where I'm supposed to be. So you're open. Yeah, totally open to it. And uh, once I got into it, <laughs> six months into it, I ended up signing another record deal. <laughs> so now, I, now I'm like, well, shit. I got both, I've got two huge jobs right now. Yeah, so I, I didn't know, you know, it's hard to balance those two. Also, my question is, since you are on America's Morning Show, does your competitor play your songs now that you are on a, a big radio station? Like, what is that situation? Yeah, so my company is, um, obviously I, I have branded myself with a certain company, Cumulus, and I love working for them. And, and I love everyone at Cumulus. Yeah, they're awesome. Um, and obviously I love it because I'm going into my fifth year and, and love being a part of Ty Kelly and Chuck. Because uh, when we, you're right, when we first started, it was called America's Morning Show mm -hmm. uh, with Blair Garner. Yeah. And then it, and, and then it. So now it's called Ty, Kelly, and Chuck. Ty, Kelly, and Chuck. America's Morning Show, bye. Yeah. See ya. So, okay. which is good. I call it job security. If my name's <laughs> in the title. Amen to that, right? You know, good luck finding another Chuck. <laughs> well, that Chuck Easton, Eston, he's pretty great. Too busy. That's your only competition. Too busy. Okay, yeah. He's too big time. <laughs> he's Charles. <laughs> Never work for him. <laughs> I, I love Chip Eston, by the way. Oh, his he, name's not even Chuck. Charles Eston. So you could go by Chuck. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he, okay. He might it change could, it. Could be if he gets into a bind, he might change it. <laughs> I, d I doubt he will, though. But, uh, yeah, I mean, of course, I, I, I released a single, to answer your question. I released a single um, probably about a year into to the morning show and was curious when, what was going to happen because I'm sure a lot of people would be like, well, you know, Chuck is on this morning show and we look at him as a competitor. Mm -hmm. uh, the, the truth to that is, is, is that that's a fact. That's, that's a, it's a true statement is that people aren't going to, you know, support the competitor, so to speak. Right. I mean, I live in a world of, in, in, of where I think the best song should win. Totally. Uh, I don't think it should matter. Um, what you do outside of that because the people listening on the radio don't care about that. No, and they don't know the politics behind it. They just no. put great songs. They yeah, they care about what they're hearing and how it makes them feel. Mm -hmm. Just like a morning show, they care if you make them laugh. Totally. They care if you make them uh, feel, feel something. So, so how do you balance that? Do you just kind of say, I'm not, this is, I'm just going to put out songs? Yeah, it's out of, that's, that's out of my control. <clears throat> I'm, I can never force anybody to play something or do something um, that's not in their power or maybe what they feel is best for their company. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I know that the markets that Ty Kelly and Chuck are in, uh, my my company's been extremely supportive. That's awesome. And and that's that's all you really that matters really. If other people want to come to the table and play a great song, which I think I, you know, I I believe in my songs. Yeah. And I've seen them see the top before. Um, I just, that's up, that's out of my control. My job is to, to write the best song I can, sing the best I can and go out and put a good show on and just have fun. And, and that's kind of where you just have to leave it. You can't worry. Yeah. So to wrap up, where do you, in your dream world, where would you see your life in the next five years? If you could just have it play out perfectly. The next five years? Yeah. Um, what would be happening? in all aspects of your life in the next five years. So you got a lot going on. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm always going to continue to make music. Um, I'm always going to be a songwriter, um, whether it's, you know, for fun or just to sit on the front porch. Mm -hmm. um, I just started putting together a theater show 
for no, not like a Broadway musical. No, more of like a uh, like an evening with type of theater oh. show where it's a lot of storytelling, a lot nice. of music, um, a lot of this sharing with a very very interactive type like of show. Like that. Okay, okay. So I see that building, um, continuing to make the music and continuing to to build on my radio career uh, with Ty Killing Chuck and and even you know breaking into uh, a movie or two and you know just having fun I love as long it. as i can make enough money to go deer hunting i'm good that's your real passion isn't it huge outdoorsman <laughs> huge outdoorsman and i love doing the ironmans which which we had talked about so you know i like to, to stay in shape i like to do outdoor stuff a huge hunter and um you know the music and the morning show and and that's being a lot and this limelight type of deal is is like a huge bonus okay so you just want to kind of keep it all going and just keep building yeah just keep building yeah just keep it rocking because i love being in the music business i love being around it i love uh the click it's the music business is a click of i some totally sorts. hear what you're saying yeah i like to be in the in the circle so to speak yeah and are you okay with it either being as an art as an artist and a radio show are you okay with that balance yeah yeah i love it listen and you know this too I've been a, I've been at two hit singles on the radio and just about to go on a big huge show and you think everybody knows you but you're wrong. It yeah. I mean the top is a long ways and you know as long as you're happy it doesn't matter where you are sitting on the mountain as long as you're happy. Amen to that. That's called some wisdom right there. Um, Not just a hat rack. I read it in a book. Okay, so I'm gonna I wrap didn't. up with. Well, first off, we're gonna talk about your dog's fat camp, which is so cute. Your your cute little dogs are yeah. crawling up the stairs, and one just like refuses. Uh, Duke. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, is this a regular thing, or is this just a one-time thing? On my Instagram at Chuckwith. I saw it. Um, <laughs> I posted this video, and everybody's like, "Oh my god!" It was god, heartbreaking for the one. <laughs> I felt bad. Well, this is how it started, because we just went for a normal run. Well, then the fire alarm goes off in my building. We had to use the stairs. Okay. I was wondering if this is like a regular thing you're no, doing. No, so I go, this might be a good little training program. Take them up the stairs. I live on, you know, pretty high up there, so it wasn't like two floors or nothing. Okay, you got to work for it. So by floor six, <laughs> they were like. Which one was the one that just stopped? Duke. Which <laughs> is funny because that's a lighter one. I mean, he just like refused. Wasn't having it. <laughs> anyway, you can check. The story it was out. so funny. It, you should make that a series on your Instagram. We're gonna hit the stairs again. I'm gonna wait till it cools down yeah. a little bit. It's too hot. A little too hot. Yeah. I mean, I'm dying on me. Totally. Oh God, that'd be the worst. Oh, Coop and Duke. Dead. No. Do we don't want that? Yeah. So we're not gonna do it. We're light when it's a little cooler. Jesus. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Already <laughs> trying to kill my dogs over here. Okay, so I'm gonna wrap up with leave your light. So leave some inspiration. Leave my light. Yeah. All right. Of how you have been inspired and would like to inspire others. Okay. Um, the biggest inspiration that I've ever had throughout my music career uh, was through Brad Paisley. When I got to tour with him, he was very hands-on. He was like, Chuck, let's go for a run. We'd talk about stuff. I'd ride the bus back with him. He'd show wow. me what he was doing, work on his butt or That's awesome. I'd ride his jet back with him every once in a while. And wow. we would talk about all these things and talk about songwriting and talk about music and the and wow. the business and i thought that was amazing because i really looked up to him as an artist yes. before i knew him i looked him up to him as a fan and then he was like even better than what you could have imagined so yes so that's kind of what how i want to be is i want to be helpful like i don't want to be the guy that turns the shoulder um to anybody i want to be just i consider myself just a happy-go-lucky dude that's awesome so i just want to just be happy, you know, awesome. just be happy with other people, make them feel good. Yeah. Uh, be as sarcastic as possible. And just uh, not take it too seriously. I've never taken anything too serious. And every, any time that I've started to, I see my, that's when I find myself not in a good space. So I like to take things with stride and just, hey, it's all good. You know, we're alive. I, I was just in a horrible car accident. Oh my God, I know. What did that, did your life flash before your eyes? What yeah. does that do for your perspective on life? Changes it drastically, really? yeah. What did it change um, for you? Just what's important, you know. If 
I broke my neck, I broke my C2 vertebrae in my skull, I couldn't move for a, f a couple months. So you should, could you have been really paralyzed or killed? At C2, C1, C2, C3, you're in the danger zone there. Like you can be paralyzed um, forever. So uh, you, you are can die. so lucky. Yeah, and also there's, there's a, it's arteries in the veins that go, go through that area and the nervous system. In that C1, C2, C3 area is all the things that tell you to breathe. Wow. So you could, that break that I had could have clipped something and I would just would have been shut off. Wow. Yeah. Isn't it crazy how it can just change on a dime like that? Like your whole life could yes. have gone so yeah. many different directions. So it was, and, and that's why I like doing this Ironman in October is, um, is a big deal. I did the Music City Triathlon this past weekend, mm. which is only four and a half, five months outside of breaking my neck. So wow. I was really excited to, the body's an amazing thing. I didn't have to have any surgeries, but I think that's what's important is that uh, you have to take care of yourself, um, not just to look good on the beach or whatever you want to do it for, but to be healthy. Yeah. Um, I think, I think doing these triathlons and working out, I really do think that um, probably saved my life that day. Really? Yeah. Just, just being in good shape. Being in good shape. Wow. Yeah. Well, I'm so glad you're here, Chuck. High five. Hey, you rock. So now you're gonna play us a song or two. Hopefully too. I guess. I know. I dragged you here. I'm gonna. I'm gonna squeeze all the juice out of it. It's all this pressure. I might not ever get you back in my no, this podcast is great. again. Okay, great. I hope you edit this. Gosh, we talked forever. My podcast is long, Chuck. Okay, so now we're gonna take it to the stage. Teal Audio's newest speaker line, the Aurora Livestream speakers, are designed to fit seamlessly into your home with its wide range of connectivity. To check out the latest speaker line, go to tealaudio.com. Oh, hey, Chuck. Oh, hey. What are you going to play for us this first song? Uh, I'll play the newest single, uh, Whole Damn Thing. And then, Is this uh, without anyone in particular? The Whole Damn Thing? I mean, yeah, of course. By Brit, I guess. It's got to be about her, huh? <laughs> Oh my god. You didn't even bring her up in the interview. Well I didn't okay. wanna, I didn't know. Are we are we in love? What's our love situation happening? It's, uh, yes, I am in the love. The whole damn thing. Yes. Okay, I mean to get a song called the whole damn thing, that's pretty good right there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, great. Oh, you gonna stand right here while I sing it? Hey, I'm gonna hover. I'm not gonna hover crap. No, I'm leaving. Creeper. Is there anything else you wanna say about it? Or just the whole damn thing? Yeah, the whole damn thing. Okay, great. Here Sorry, we go. Sorry, I next time I'll have a <laughs> I'd like please let me get my notes. The whole damn thing. Yeah, we need all the details. All right. Everybody says she's a wild card, a heartache, the kind of girl you never know where she's going to land. Oh, now she's going out and making friends. It never stops. It never ends. The kind of girl can slow it down or drag you out on a dance floor. Dance around home. Cause she's a cold beer and football, a red dress that just falls. Oh, she's, oh, she's a bit of rain and a lot of fire, a good laugh and a bad liar. Oh, she's, oh, she's the whole. Damn thing. She's a whole damn thing. Now she's the kind of girl who makes a man do anything like fall in love. Yeah. Get you thinking about the next step, then you're waking up. It's burnt toast, a soft touch that just knows how to bring you back from a bad day. Yeah, she's the kind of girl who ain't ever gonna wait. Now she ain't never gonna wait. Cause she's a cold beer and football, a red dress that just falls. Oh, she's, oh, she's a bit of rain and a lot of fire, a good laugh and a bad liar. Oh, she's. Oh, she's the whole damn thing. She's the whole 
Up and down and back and forth across the street, way downtown. She's a whole damn thing, and all the things I've never known, I finally got, and I won't let go. No, cause she's a whole, the whole damn thing. market for wedding songs too though because stealing cinderella was a wedding song what girl would not want this at their wedding right right maybe i'll just become a wedding singer i mean have the wedding songs and i mean maybe you should marry brit if this song was written about her because that's a really sweet song just saying i'm not getting your love well, I, I mean i i'll be honest i wrote this song before i even knew who she was but then it just fell but into place. yes <laughs> okay what are you playing for us now uh, I was doing a song. Do you want me to play the? Uh, I was doing a song called Texas Rays. It's brand I new. I love that one. Yeah. I, was I thought up. it was about me, and then I was like, Oh, I, know. I thought you were writing. I'm so sorry. It's really about another Texas no, person. it's all awkward. Yeah. Well, I only heard the Texas Blue Eyes, and then I quickly realized the song was not about me. Okay. You have you have your beautiful husband to write, who's a great singer songwriter. I thought you were writing it about our relationship. Oh, about about your. Okay. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Yes. I, uh, would you like me to dedicate it to you and, <laughs> yeah, and uh, Michael. Michael? Okay. <laughs> this is to you and Michael. Thank you, Chad. It's called Texas Race. Yes. Texas raised in blue eyes, staring back at me in the sun. Your hand locked deep in mine Wouldn't trade it for anyone's Cause we fell young and we fell right Cause I knew I was your man And you knew you were my wife And baby our love Is solid gold we will hold you like a Conway song with a twang of old Mr. Jones. And our love yeah, is solid gold. You can find it on any map. Just pick a town in any old country road. Never needed money, no. I've never needed fame. Solid gold, we will hold you like 
song twang of old Mr. Jones our love is solid gold you can find it on any map just pick a town in any old country road and you're gonna find us living out a dream Every day waking up with you, babe. Yeah, it leaves me here with nothing to change. Cause there's something about the way when I say I love you. Yeah, I know you love me just the same. Cause baby, our love is solid gold. Hold you like a Conway song with a twang of old Mr. Jones and our love, solid gold. You can find it on any map. Just pick a town in any old country road. like most of my concerts one person comes and claps <laughs> like profusely yeah around the applause okay, everybody knows you're here mother <laughs> thank you so much for joining thank me on you. my podcast of course chuck wicks hyper caroline hobby podcast i finally got him on i got you on uh, but he's like the unicorn and i'll never have him back and i'll never have him back thank you so much for how great was that interview from Chuck Wicks? Make sure you guys go subscribe online at my podcast on iTunes, Hyper Caroline Hobby. And next week, you guys, I have Native Run joining me. This is a guy-girl duo who are so amazing. We talk about music, touring with Sam Hunt, touring with Sam Hunt. Uh, we talk about just their souls and their views on life. It's so interesting. So get excited for Native Run next week.